0: Life-Giving Church. This is our little theme song that you're in in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. Awesome. Thank you. guys are here this morning. Thankful uh, to open God's word with you. I invite you to open your Bible now. Thanks for making it a priority on a holiday weekend. Uh, we're not a large church, but I, I had the thought, like, you remember in school on a day like today, did anyone ever have the experience in school on a day like today where some, where the teacher would be like, you know what? eh, Let's just have class outside today. Anyone ever have that? I was like, I was like this close. I didn't feel totally confident we could pull it off. Uh, So we're in this series of messages for this summer and uh, it's called summer fruit. And our goal is, uh, we're thinking about some important questions. And uh, one of the questions that we're thinking about are, why are so many people who've spent decades in Bible studies on loving and unkind? That's a question that we're thinking about. Uh, we're also thinking about a question, this question, why are so many people stuck? Why are so many people stuck? Like, if I'm honest, like, I'm kind of who I was, like, three years ago or seven years ago or whatever. Like, so many people are stuck, and we're trying to figure out why? We find a clue in uh, the book of Galatians chapter 5. This, we've been studying this section week by week by week when Paul says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, There, here's the key phrase, to keep you from doing the things you want to do to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Uh, I woke up this morning and I said, I'm not going to eat one of the donuts at church this morning. And then I had the coffee in my hand and the scent in my nostrils, and I was like, well, no, like I'll start that next Sunday. It was kind of how I was feeling. I managed, I got distracted, so I, I guess I'm doing okay so far. But we have this experience so often of, why is it so hard for me to do the things I want to do? Why is it so hard for me not to do the things I don't want to do? And we've been learning that virtue is the, the path to that. Uh, This is what Paul continues to say in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against all these things, there's no law. We've been learning, and this is by way of review the last part, the only way to win this, we've been talking about it like a tug of war, is to survive it, growing slowly stronger each day till we meet Jesus face to face. Uh, So today I want to talk to you, thank you, today I want to talk to you about joy the weather today is delightful summer is starting I-, I talked to quite a few like three or four teachers on the way in who are feeling that school is over i am a human being again like vibe they are glowing they're worshiping with more fervency it's just like the food tastes better teachers when it gets to summertime they're feeling all the good feels Woo! <laughs> amen patrick but you probably figured it out by now. Those kind of feelings, no matter how positive they may be, it might rain tomorrow, the school year will come around again, there'll be another time to pay taxes or another sickness or another this or that. that the good feelings in life are great, but they are fleeting and temporary. Joy is something different. Joy is a supernatural delight in the person and the purposes and the people of God. That's the way it was taught to me, and I want to teach it to you that way. So joy is uh, that positive feeling, that delighted outlook, but in the stuff that really matters, in the person of God, who God is. That's what we're praising for this morning, the purposes of God and the the people of God. Um, We're using a different fruit in each one of these weeks this summer, um, today, the one that goes with uh, joy is the orange. I'm a big fan of the orange. Can I get a witness? Anybody? Uh, I like, I'm more pro-pulp when it comes to orange juice. Orange juice was like a big thing when I was a kid, and then everyone got against sugar, and so now it's kind of like on the out. Some of you are looking at me real judgmentally right now, even for the idea. Uh, I-, I like the orange. Uh, orange is like joy because oranges are bright, del- uh, colorful fruits that, bring a sense of energy. They have a zest, a pop. Orange is like one of my favorite flavors of gum because it has that, that juicy kind of feeling to it. No, you can, stop judging me. I can, like, I can like orange gum if I want, and I don't care what you think, and I can eat some of this orange right now, too. Mm. Paul repeatedly stresses the idea of joy all through his writing in the New Testament. He uses the same word over and over to encourage us to look not at our present circumstances as defining of our life, but to look at something more. I want to show you uh, all this from John chapter 15 today. I know it took me a minute to get there. I hope you'll turn in your Bible there. In John chapter 15, Jesus says, uh, in verse 11, I want to show you something in the first 11 verses, but I want to start at the end. He says, Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full so jesus gives a whole speech and at the end of the speech he says now listen i told you all these things because i want my joy to be in you and i want your joy to be full Uh, i hope that we've matured now a lot of us have passed the idea that the message of the Bible is uh, a bunch of rules that we don't really want to follow, but I guess we sort of have to because we don't want to get in trouble. Jesus speaks, and then he says, okay, so everything I just said, here's why I want you to understand it. The reason why I want you to understand it is because I want my joy to be in you. I want your joy to be full. Some things to pay attention to. Four things that are going to help us uh, in this. I want to read it to you all from John chapter 15. Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you're clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. So abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you're the branches, Jesus says. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone doesn't abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples." As the fathers love me, so I've loved you, so abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Here's the verse I read to you a minute ago. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This word that he uses there, I want to show you the Greek word on the screen that he uses for joy, is the, uh, or the idea of full, complete, total, not lacking in anything, that's the idea. So I wanna show you four things from this text that'll help us learn about how to have more joy in our lives each day. This isn't easy steps, this is things to understand. He says in verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. First key to joy, first thing to understand To have a supernatural delight, not a temporary feeling, is that I can have joy in pain because my pain has a purpose. I can have joy in pain because my pain has a purpose. He's talking about, he says, so he's using this imagery of a vine. He says, now, the stuff that is dead, we cut off, and we cut even the stuff that's alive back a little bit so that the, the tree, the branch, can grow even more. I, uh, Kristen likes to make fun of me. We've bought a few different houses as we've moved and she likes to make fun of me that I always, I, I love, I always wanna live in a neighborhood that I always say that has mature trees. She thinks that this makes me sound like I'm like a hundred years old or like, whatever. but I love having a, a big tree. Right across the street from the church here, there's this tree that's like two people can't get their arms around it. It's absolutely crazy. And I think what I love about old big trees is that you realize that's not like a thing you can just recreate. They take a long time. So we're blessed in the house that Chris and I live in um, right now. We have a huge tree in our front yard and a huge tree in our backyard. Uh, and uh, this winter, around the time we had the construction crews at our house to fix the pipe that burst, also uh, there was a big windstorm and a couple, a bunch of branches like blew off this giant tree and like slammed all over the place. It was a, a kind of a whole disaster thing. But we have this giant tree, and now if you stand and you look up at it, you can tell that one of the big pieces is kind of dead. You can kind of tell that like one of the big, I don't know the word, sorry, I wasn't paying attention whatever day in school this was. Uh, maybe someone could Google it and tell me. One of the big sections of the tree as it kind of goes off to the side, you can see is dead, but the rest of it still has leaves on it. The rest of it still has, it's still flowering. So the whole thing isn't dead, but a part of it is dead. So it makes total sense, right? I'm gonna call a company and they're gonna be like, great, for." million dollars we would love to come to your house and cut have you ever had the tree guy thing and you're like how can it what it costs what okay but what are they going to do they're going to come and they're going to cut off that part of the tree why so that the rest of the tree can live we're going to cut off that part so that the rest of the tree can live with that in mind, let me read again, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does, not bear, that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it can bear more fruit. We tend, I preach about this a lot, we tend to view the difficult things that come our way as a punishment from a God who is angry at us for our bad choices, and we miss out on the fact that oftentimes, when my job hits a dead end, when my relationship is really frustrating, when I I can't figure out how to get things better in my parenting, when I feel this just intense sense of frustration or uncertainty, or I'm, I'm bogged down back in things from the past that I thought I got over, it may feel like, what am I doing wrong? But what it may actually be like is God is bringing me through something so that I can bear more fruit. And what's so challenging is it's easy to look back uh, in my life, I bet you can too, and see how the difficult times God was using. And it's really easy to have faith for other people when they're getting pruned, you ever be around? You ever been around one of those people? Oh, God, just bless your heart. God's going to do great things through this. God isn't going to give you more than you can handle. And if you just, you know, every time God closes a door, he opens a window and blah, 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 blah. I have so much faith for all of your problems. What is very, very difficult is to look at the thing in front of me when it's right, when it's happening, and to say, all right. I can keep on walking. I don't need to be all sad in the face and miserable. I don't have to have a dire, bleak outlook on the future because the pain that I'm in, I can have joy because my pain has a purpose. Um, Sometimes people who have joy or enthusiasm are seen as being naive or foolish. Like, um, I made a little chart to help us. Um, There are people who kind of choose to live in oblivion you know, like they just don't know about anything, and so there's nothing to be upset about. They just kind of like, you know, watch whatever Kardashian thing, and they're just kind of like not paying attention to the world, and they're living in oblivion. And once you see the difficult things there are in our world, the people that are in poverty, the people that are struggling, the, all the things that are broken, it takes us actually down to a place of worry or uncertainty era. But if I see who God is, and I see what God has done for me, and I, chose to f- I choose to focus on where he's brought me from and where he's bringing me to, I can make it to the highest place of joy, not because I'm not paying attention to the world around me, but because I know he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world. In his hands, he's got the whole world. You ever know that song when you're a kid? In his hands, he's got the... Whole world in his hands. That was for our youth directors who requested that I sing today on their last day. He says, abide in me, verse 4, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I can have joy in pain because my pain has a purpose too. I can have joy in process because my process brings progress he uses this word over and over and over in the text I read to you this word abide and abide is the idea of to continue or remain or dwell or linger joy I can have joy in the process this is what he says he says so you have to continue you have to remain you have to dwell in me and I in you Your branch can't bear fruit by itself unless it, again, you have to continue, you have to remain, you have to dwell, you have to linger, and you can't bear any fruit at all unless you continue, remain, dwell, linger. What's he saying? He's saying fruit takes time. Fruit takes time. It just takes time. It just takes time. It just takes time. It just takes a lot of time, and when you wish it wouldn't take any more time, it takes even some more time. Fruit takes time. Uh, And... Most people aren't willing to wait. So most people are like, I'm there sometimes, like, I mean, I've read the Bible like three days in a row. I don't feel any different, yeah? Like, what? You know, like, in the same, like, spirit of, like, January gym guy, you know, like, I go to the gym in January and then I take the rest of the year off, kind of prepping for next year. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah? All right, all right. Yeah, a few, uh uh-huh. You know, like, that thing. But we know We know in our career, in our academics, in our finances, in our relationships, we know that you can't just start, you have to continue to make it anywhere good, right? We know, we know. But somehow, sometimes in our spiritual life and in our outlook, we have to train ourselves to see the world through a joyful outlook. We have to train our minds and our hearts not to pivot to fear, not to pivot to anxiety, not to like have my whole outlook thrown off by one bad thing that happens. And the only way that we can do that is by continuing, remaining, dwelling, lingering in God day by day by day by day. It's why uh, we're working on this thing this summer. These are all over the building. They were probably in the binder. We're working on this little Bible reading thing, um, and we have check boxes on there. And I have a special for you today. If you want to jump in, starting in week two, you can check off all the boxes from week one. As before God, in Jesus' name, you can give yourself all of week one and jump on. Just get that feeling of progress going. If you're like one of those people, you know, that writes like, wake up on your to-do list, just so you can get a little momentum going, I can give you why. Why are we focusing on this? We're focusing on this because we need more spiritual power to get unstuck. And the process of day by day by day by day is what gets there. I would encourage you to grab one of these. I'm making these little videos. Uh, they're on Facebook and um, Instagram and YouTube. It's like a minute and a half that can help you get going for the day. Why, because you need to see my face? No, because it's just a little way of getting to the reality that fruit takes, fruit takes time. And so I can't get bogged down in my frustrations of how long the process takes. This is why Paul says in the next chapter of Galatians, he says, whatever person sows, they also reap. But then he says, don't grow weary in doing good, for in, here's the key phrase, due season, you'll reap a great reward if you don't give up. Yeah. And so the problem is, sometimes I'm like, I want the season to be here. Yeah. I want the time where joy overflows from me without having to work so hard for it but we're not there yet. And all there is to do in that time is not. we're not gonna change the plan. We're not gonna go a different way. We're not gonna like rearrange everything. What we're gonna do is we're gonna keep on abiding in God, remaining in his truth, in his love, in his word another day, another week, another month, another year for as long as it takes because in due season we'll reap if we don't give up. Three, uh, I can have joy in my prayer because my prayer uh, produces alignment. I was so excited to preach this to you. He says in verse seven, if you abide in me, so remember that every time you see that word, it's this idea of remain, linger, stay. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. Ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. All right, come here, Parnell, you're in the sermon today, buddy, come on. Come on, come on. You wouldn't Listen, when you got dressed, you want everybody to see how dapper you were looking today. You and your wife are matching. I mean, it's like, it's happening. Come on. All right. So uh, what I want to teach to you right now from that verse is one of the things that people of faith in our world least understand. Get this. So there's a lot of people out there, and you may have been in a church or watched a sermon or read a book, that teach Jesus says whatever you pray for, he wants to do for you. Maybe if maybe you heard a variation like if the offering is big enough or that you give, or the, the prayer is exciting enough that you pray, or there's enough faith coursing through your body that do you hear what he says? Ask whatever you wish, it'll be done for you. Ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. Another time Jesus says something like, Um, if you pray enough, like the mountains, they'll throw themselves into the ocean, and if you have faith, it's just like a mustard seed, like you're just gonna get whatever you want. And then what happens to people who hear that is Sometimes cancer wins temporarily in this life. Sometimes you prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and the other person wasn't willing and so divorce comes your way. And people, there are so many people walking around with broken hearts over, yes. I thought if I just prayed, it was gonna be what I wanted. Okay, this verse is the key to understanding. So I wanna read it slowly and then I got you up here for a reason, pardon now. I If you abide in me, And my words abide in you. You see it? Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Mm. So what happens is, now we're using you. uh, So I know we've gotten to know each other. You have a wife who's here today. You have two girls who've been here recently. You have a job. You have uh, a lot of dreams about how you want God to use your life in the future. And a lot of things that you're working on figuring out and thinking about. Mm -hmm. Past, present, and future, just like every one of us. You're standing in for all of us right now. Now, what this verse promises is not that if you just pray, you're going to like find the winning Powerball ticket in your pocket or. Awesome. Yeah, well, <laughs> might be. Might be. Or, you know, Google it. Most people, you know, they end up miserable or whatever. Uh, uh, let me see. It, it might be that, you know, I mean, it might be that, you know, like the kind of man you're hoping one of your girls marries or the hopes that you have for the future, that this. What this verse promises is not that if you pray with enough joy, you're going to get what you want. What this verse promises is that if you abide in God and in his words, your requests are going to conform to the will of God so that whatever you ask is going to be in his will and then for sure he's going to do it. Yes. So you were kind of playing along with my game, but I'm going to be honest, God probably his like gold, dream, hope for you isn't more money in your bank account. It's more love in your heart. It isn't like more ease so that you can just like lay by the pool. It's perfect peace no matter what path he takes you down. There are some things that God promises, but so where we often get stuck is we bring our wants to God and then get burdened, brokenhearted, frustrated when he doesn't answer to our wants. But we're children, truthfully in our understandings, Uh, my beloved 10-year-old, I think, is downstairs right now, his thought is always, like always, another cupcake. (laughs) Seven in the morning, noontime, seven in the evening, if he wakes up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, his thought is always more sugar down my throat every single minute of every single day. That's his thought always. And I, I know, you're good, thank you. I know that it gets lost when we start to laugh sometimes. But a good parent would never give that kid that want because we know in the end, it would be temporary happiness that would ultimately lead to ruin. Now, I understand that what I'm saying still doesn't answer some of the big questions like, but why didn't I get the healing I was praying for? Or why didn't I get, and I can't answer those. All I can tell you is that his ways are higher than our ways and sin has damaged the world in ways that we can't always understand. And we don't believe in this church that you kind of like get here with your perfect answer and we hand it to you in a perfect package and then you have a simple faith that isn't that rigorous that you can walk out the door to. We're trying to live where life really is. And joy comes when I linger with God and he rearranges my wants. So all of a sudden my prayers start to change. My prayers start to change and this is so powerful that even the Lord Jesus Christ in his humanity had to come to this same understanding in his prayers. Do you remember this? Luke twenty-two forty-two. 42. Jesus is about to go to the cross, and he's praying. He's like, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup. He's saying, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go to the cross. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Don't know what to do it. If you're willing, Lord. Like, Father, can you just take it away? I don't have to do it. And then he says, nevertheless... Not my will, but yours be done. Uh, I've experienced this personally. Um, Kristen and I had these three boys, and we always wanted to have a girl. And secretly, we were kind of rooting for a girl on all of them. Now, seeing like how complicated girls are, I don't know why that's what we wanted, but for whatever reason, that's what we thought we wanted. So, for another day, I don't know. Uh, and uh, we wanted a, a girl in our family, and we, wanted, we thought we had capacity for one more. We were wrong. We, we have at least one too many children, but that's for another day. <laughs> so, cross that bridge now. But I remember, uh, for whatever reason, it was a struggle for us to get pregnant with the fourth one. And we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and it didn't happen for like quite a long time. And then, um, and then it did happen. And uh, not at the time that we wanted, but I could look back and I don't have time to go into it today that I could tell you that our daughter was born uh, at the exact time that she was born for supernatural purposes because of things that God knew he was sending, a path that he was sending our family down. And we had to get to the place where we said, Lord, we think we know what we want. I I think I know what I want, but not my will, yours be done. But you know what the prayer God is always going to answer? He's always going to answer the prayer for peace. He's always going to answer the prayer for strength to keep on going through the difficult thing. He's always going to answer the prayer for the virtues that he wants to build, the fruit that he wants to make in us. Uh, thank you. I thought it was too. I, uh, we're almost done now, but um, I was thinking about some joy thieves. Like things that, we fall into that steal the joy away. You ever have that in your life? Do you ever have where you wake up and it's like you're feeling good and it's going to be a great day and and like, you know, like your clothes fit a little better than you were hoping they were gonna. And you're just like, it's, it's happening and the coffee tastes good. I'm out the door. And then like something happens. And by like an hour into the day, you kind of just want to go back to bed. Has that ever happened to anybody where it's like something could just like take all, it was like I was on top of the world and now I'm just, here's a few things that steal our joy. We want to be aware of these. Uh, Here's one. Our joy gets stolen when we think that people with more are happier than we are. Do you know how many people who are richer, better looking, more successful, like just pay attention, our culture is filled with these stories in all kinds of different ways. More, whatever the thing you're chasing, isn't necessarily gonna make you happier. There's a lot of really successful people that are miserable. But, and like, this is the part where it's hard, because in church I'm saying that, and you're like, oh yeah, he's right, he's right, he's right, he's right, he's right. And then like you're in the carpool line, and like, someone pulls in with that new car that you kind of want, and you're like, what's... That's the part we have to train ourselves. God has given you everything. I mean everything, I mean absolutely everything that you need to be filled with joy right here. In fact, our affluence here in America, if you just did a little bit of study you would know this, our affluence in America doesn't make us happier, it just makes us want more. Most of the places in the world where people have way less than we do, let's be honest, Can I? none of the worship teams in here, I walked in this morning and they were complaining that it was hot in here. Maybe it was. I don't know. That's fine. But I did have the thought cross through my mind, like, do you want me to go tell you all the places that people are setting up to worship God this morning where they don't have, like, a bunch of fans they can just turn on on the ceiling? And like, Anyway, okay, that felt like I was being a little mean, so I'll, I'll take that back. <laughs> Two, um, it takes our joy away when we see the past is better than the future. Maybe we think, like, the best days are the college days or the high school days—I'm sorry—if you're living there, I, I don't want to be. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> there's lots of folks in the church here that I get to spend time with who've already raised their family or already sent their kids off or already into retirement, and they sometimes even have a package of like, "Man, I'd love to go back and do this part over. Or I'd love to go back and do this part over. I'd love to do this part over." And those are all natural things, but I can't have joy if my thought is the very best days of my life are ones that I've already lived. I just can't, I just can't be joyful. And again, God has incredible purposes for you right where you are right now. But it steals my joy when I, and then three, um, it steals my joy when I choose a, a victim identity. This is everywhere in the world today. Um, where you define yourself based on a bad thing that happened to you. And um, so when I look out of the road, I know a lot of you guys. I know most of the people in the church. And I could go around the room. There are so many difficult and unfair and terrible things that have gone on. I mean, I could go up and down almost every row and around the room. And in the second service, I mean, the second service people, Lord knows, they got all kinds of issues. Like, I mean, but but you're more than the thing that happened. Like so, In Christ, you are so much more than, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. So for generations, what the church did was, because you're a conqueror in Christ, that meant that we just kind of pretended that the bad stuff didn't happen, and didn't look at it, or didn't acknowledge it, or just kind of put it under the rug, or whatever. So we're so far past that now, where people are sort of almost pressured to be defined by all the bad stuff that happened. So what we want to do to have joy is we want to look at it, And we want to deal with it. Dealing with it looks like being honest with it. Dealing like it may look like going to a counselor, talking to a pastor, having a friend. Uh, David said uh, in Psalms that when I was silent, my bones were wasting away. So you can't be joyful if there's all kinds of secret stuff going on in your life. You just can't be because it's just like eating at you all the time. But it is also true that in Christ, you are not stuck with a scarlet letter or a never-ending, I'll never get out of this hole that someone put me in place. In Jesus Christ, you are more than a conqueror who him that loved you. And what is crazy about the joy that we're talking about today is most of the time when you meet someone who's really upbeat, positive, filled with enthusiasm, delight, whatever, your instinct might be, man, they must have had it easy. They must have like grown up in Barrington or something. You know, whatever. But what you actually find if you pay close attention, is that the people most overflowing with the Spirit of God inside of them are people who've walked through the valley of the shadow of death, and so now they fear no evil because they know that God is right with them. They're like, if you knew what I'd already walked through, I'm not worried about the fact that there wasn't very much parking at church today because all these people playing softball across the street. Like, it's cool. We're going to be all right. Jesus says, we're at the end now, 1580, he says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So bearing fruit is when the Holy Spirit inside of us shows or does or something happens through it. Because the Holy Spirit is inside of me, something happened. That brings great glory to God. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. This is the last thing. I can have joy in progress because it's progress, not perfection, that proves my salvation. Great news, we uh, are not aiming for perfection here, which is great news because we're not going to find it. But progress comes when I bear fruit. What does that like really, really look like when I get down to the bottom? It means... I wanted, my flesh was like really angry in traffic and I wanted to tell them what I thought about the way they were driving. But I've been abiding in the Lord and so I'm able to just take it calm and keep on going. My mom said that thing to me in that tone of voice and it made me feel so, ooh. And I could just feel my temperature start to rise and then because the joy of the Lord is my strength, I let it pass. That's what progress looks like. Progress looks like every step of obedience that shows that he's really in me. I want to celebrate two of those real quick. We, uh, last week we were here for the brunch, um, and uh, we baptized some folks. We got a little box to commemorate it for a couple of these fellas who are right here. Michael, my man. Come on, come on. Baptized in Jesus' name. Yeah. And his buddy Davion right next to him. Awesome. And I want to I talk about you two boys for just a second. I won't make you stand up or anybody look at you. There's two boys uh, baptized and about to start high school in the fall. And just think back to when you were right there. From here to there. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of challenges, a lot of like, who could go back to themselves about to start high school with a speech about a few things? Yeah? Anybody? Can I get? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. The test, the way of thinking for you young men, and by proxy all of us, in the days ahead, is not perfection. It's not like, I never got angry again, never lusted again, never had a bad attitude with my parents, never rolled my eyes while the pastor was speaking again, whatever. That's not the test. The test is what he says. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And this is what we're learning that's so awesome this summer, and this is where we're ending. We can't just try not to be miserable. That's not joy. Joy isn't just being like, I'm happy, can you tell? It's when we put on the virtue is when the bad stuff goes away. And so what joy looks like today, joy is, like I said at the beginning, a supernatural delight in the person and the purposes and the people of God. And what joy looks like for most of us today is being thankful for the good things in my life, even when the bad things are still hard. I've taken it to be a discipline to from my lips praise God every time the weather is beautiful. It's a small thing, but it makes such a difference. Thank you, Lord. What a day today. We don't deserve this. We didn't earn it. Like I wasn't so obedient yesterday that you gave me. It's just beautiful today. Thank you. Every little good thing when I take delight in it is drawing my heart to joy. That's what we're talking about uh, today. Uh, Would you pray with me? Thanks, Lord, uh, that you're with us today. And um, thank you, Lord, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And thank you, Lord, that uh, no matter what we're facing, we are not stuck in the past or uncertain about the future because you are good to us and your steadfast love endures forever. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're thankful that you came to church today. Uh, Love for you to linger and participate. Have a snack, whatever. We would love the chance to get with you uh, in any way that could encourage you. Um, I think there's some folks that are coming now. They would love to pray with you if you'd like to pray with someone. And uh, we're really, really, really glad you came to church today. This is good news, everybody. We'll see you soon. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is good news.